All right, we are live. Welcome to this episode of Dogging It. We got the two mics at the U.S. Open sitting at their little table there. What's up, mics? Two mics with mics. <laughs> Mike, get out of here. <laughs> it's early. Man. I haven't finished yeah, my Who let that yet. guy in in a sport yeah. coat? <laughs> you can't be having jokes like that around right now. Well, I tell oh, you, hey, it's uh, it, it's a lot going on this morning, Joe, and you know it's a uh, you know we got hot button topics when Joey has got some fire under his ass because he he messaged this morning and he says there's some things we got to talk about today at six thirty in the morning Arizona time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I popped up this morning at four thirty and I was like, okay. <laughs> I got to watch this Scott Hunter thing because I kept hearing about it all day yesterday, but I didn't see the video. And so I'm sitting there at four 30 this morning watching the video. And I mean, I was pretty shocked at what I saw. Uh, you know, you can't tell if Scott's shirt hits the ball or not. Is it nitty to call that? I believe it is. I'm going to have a million people arguing. It's the rule. It's the rule. You know, if it's a rule, you got to call it, whatever. I would never call that, not one time ever in my life. If it meant me winning the U.S. Open, I would not make that call, okay? <laughs> not that yeah. that's relevant because there would be a referee anyway. But then the biggest issue for me is this precedent, perhaps, that's being set that the incoming player, the non-shooting player, gets to make the call and it stands regardless, right? Yeah, that's what seems to be the biggest you know, sticking point with most people. Yeah. Yeah. Look, the, I said we should queue up the video and show it. And you guys are like, no, everybody's seen it. One of the first <laughs> well, comments. Well, no, it's just long. It's, it's long, it's too. Long. We're gonna it, takes, be, yeah, it takes a yeah. while. Yeah, to get there. Where's the video? So. It's on uh, Matchroom Pool on Facebook. You can check it out. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, so, like, give any situation in pool, right, there, where there's no referee – Let's say it's one of those, if it's a close hit, right, somebody's going to call a ref. But sometimes right. it's unexpected, right? An unexpected thing, a double hit, you know, something that you're just not anticipating. And when that happens, the player on the side says, foul, or is that a foul, or I think that's a foul. And the player who's shooting either agrees or disagrees. And then the final the final ruling, when the when the referee does come over, goes with the shooter, Right. I've yeah, never always, seen a scenario right. where she's like the guy in the chair calls it and that's it. That's law. Yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting rule interpretation, that's for sure. I'm not sure what how they came up with that, whether this is what I don't know I don't know where they where they came up with something that deviates from the norm like that. Well, I mean listen, they travel all over the world. It wasn't like it was just some average referee, right? This is like a core part of their team, right? This is uh uh what what's her name? Um well, yeah, no, she's but, a terrific yeah. referee, and, and no one's questioning whether or not she knows her job. It's just if she's following the rule, when did they come up with this rule where it's in favor of the guy who's sitting in his chair? Right. <laughs> That's what seems yeah. to be the odd Well, thing it, I mean, they're, they're given a lot when it comes to integrity, right? Because then you have to, you know, make the assumption that the person sitting in the chair is going to play, you know, with you know, playing stand-up, you know? so. Well, I'll take the other side of that, and that's that's always been – in favor of the shooter because it's kind of this gentleman's agreement where, in any other you know, most shooters have called fouls on themselves when they've touched the cue ball, when they've touched an object right. ball, things like that, that their opponent didn't even see. So if you're going to take that gentleman's yeah. side of it, to me, you take the side of the shooter 
assuming that he's going to play it straight, right? Now, obviously, the shooter in this case can't see whether or not his sleeve is touching the ball. But, Jesus, unless a ball rolls three or four inches, you know, give Look, me a break. <laughs> Scott had just drilled a nice cross side, which we know how brutal these yes. tables are, right? I mean, he drills it. He comes around two rails, gets dead nuts perfect, showed a lot of heart. And to be honest with you, listen, it's got Frost versus Hunter Lombardo playing rotation, right? I don't yeah. think Scott – like. Scott was in as good a position, obviously, of being Hill Hill as it could have possibly been. And to call that in that spot for me and for a lot of people, it seems like nitty is not even the word that I was hearing <laughs> yesterday, but it's certainly one that I'll use this morning uh, yeah. live on a podcast. So Now, did, yeah, I, did she ask the crowd? I think the guy no, just said the it. Guy himself. Just, yeah, that's guy the just other thing. Okay. One thing about our sport is growing and we're getting more people watching, more fans. Like somebody needs to let dude know, hey, you don't talk about what's going on on a pool table when you're in the stands. Okay. I, I've seen it a million times. I've been sweating a big money match or whatever and a foul, a dispute happens and they look to the rail. And what does the rail say every time, Melina? Absolutely nothing. Oh, nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nothing, nothing. Nothing. They don't get involved. Okay. Yeah, they know they better. Get involved. It's not one of the unwritten rules in pool. You know, it's an unwritten rule in pool when, like, if you're on the rail and they ask you, you're just like, I don't know. What do you, what do you see? Because I know I didn't see. I, got, I didn't see a damn thing. Yeah, and, you know? and typically, if somebody does, I didn't see nothing. Yeah. I didn't see nothing. That's right. And and it, typically, if somebody does speak up, then they're in the camp of one of the players, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And exactly. so that, that's yeah. So, I, I mean, you never listen to anyone on the outside. To me, it's Hunter says your shirt hit it. Scott says, I don't think my shirt hit it. It needs to go with Scott. And here's what I think. I think when Scott first leaned down, he did not have his shirt tucked in. And that's where it likely hit the ball. And Hunter probably saw that. But then Scott gets up and he tucks his shirt in. And then he gets back down to shoot the ball. And then Hunter's like, your shirt hit the ball. I think Hunter may have seen that the first time missed the opportunity to say something and then took advantage when Scott got down the second time. For That's once in my life, I'm agreeing with Ed Ladawi. You know, if you see him, what did he say? Loose lips, sink shit. Me and Ed finally see eye to eye on, on something. You know, it was brutal. I, I just felt so bad for Scott. I, I, I was actually really surprised at how Scott handled that. Uh, oh, not so that, was I. Not that Scott can't be respectful by any means. We were at dinner, and we and that's when the video came in. And I looked at Mike, and I said, well, we better go downstairs because there'll probably be an altercation of some sort here in a little bit. You know, so we better we better go head back to the venue. Well, Scott's smart well, to take the high road at this point because 99.9.99% of the people are in his favor. So you don't want to do anything that all of a sudden makes anyone – sympathize with hunter so you're just going to take the high road and say listen it is what it is i'm moving on uh which which is smart which is the the the, the stand-up thing to do and the smart thing to do and so he's taking that approach um and you know i don't want to i don't want to be hunter walking into this arena this morning i don't want to i don't you know i i want to be his opponent yeah well, no, be because, then you're, gonna, today because then you're going to have a lot of eyes on you just in general because of the drama from Everybody's yesterday. pulling for you. Yeah, Everybody yeah. in the room is pulling for you to win. Well, but I don't think Hunter's ever been like that fan favorite kind of guy No, anyway, but, 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 but no one went and watched his matches so. to start with. Yeah. But now he's going to have a crowd around his table and Look, they're all going to the, be rooting for him to go down in flames. Well, this, it's, the, it's the U.S. Open and there was like a crowd around 
Hunter and Hunter Lombardo and Scott Frost. This just shows you like how <laughs> how like how exciting the event can be. You know what I mean? Like it's and it was late night too, so it was the last round of the night. So um, yeah, I didn't. I don't think anybody expected the drama in that match. But listen, Hunter is fighting for uh, you know points right now. You know that's a big difference. Here's, because that's the funniest thing is what does this do for Hunter's chances for Moscone Cup? <laughs> this does so much. This this to me. This eliminates him. There's no way Jeremy's picking him if it comes down to a pick. Uh, just not happening. And, you know, I've I've often thought about with Hunter, you know, no offense to the guy. I've seen him out playing. We've talked before. I've often thought about, like, how's he make a living doing this? You know, because he goes to a lot he of events. Training. He makes good money doing doing lessons. Yeah. Okay. But, but, but he wins his two or three matches a tournament, right. you know, and and beats the players he's supposed to beat and usually loses the players he's supposed to lose. And I started thinking about, like, sponsorship and, you know, who all sponsors him and then how this is going to look for them. And I was like, well, this is not a good look. But then I thought about it and I'm like, well, this is probably the biggest news for Hunter Lombardo ever. <laughs> you know, just getting out. Listen, like let me tell you, if I'm Jeremy, what I what I do is I'd like that guy up as my co-captain. Because when some drama goes down, I'm sending Hunter in to go get after <laughs> Team Europe. That's what I'm doing. You know, so I'm I'm pulling his application. I'm saying, listen, you ain't got it. You ain't getting on the team. But we, we, we need some uh, some muscles. At small he is to go and handle the confrontations. I mean, honestly, do you think he's ever really been in a conversation as a serious no. consideration for a no. wild card? Well, no, but the reality also, uh, you know, very much in contention when it comes to being in points because of, of the way that the, the U.S. players have, you know, gotten points throughout the year, uh, you know, that, that could really be a, 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 a decent move for him if he continues to have progress, which in his next match against the Italian, I mean, he's he's not a favorite, but he's not an underdog either. Right. And Joey up. was talking about his his game. You know, I've seen Hunter a little bit over the last like, four months, man. I saw him out in Sacramento. His game has gotten better relative to what I've seen in the past. I mean, I don't think that he'll make a run and get into the semifinals here. But could he win a few more rounds? I think he can. You know, I wouldn't be the – like a year ago, I'd be very surprised. But now, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> let me let me say this: from being in Arizona now for a while and knowing Scott Frost pretty well, there's a time or two that I've seen Scott Frost get into an altercation. Okay, oh, come and let's on. just no. say, are you yes, really, Joe? And, yes, and let's just say when yeah. it happens, like he'll he'll put a little bit of fear in you. Like he's got a booming voice and he'll get loud, and he's a pretty big guy. And so I was fully expecting when that video started. I'm I. like, oh, here it comes. I was real, real disappointed that it happened. I wanted to, you know, I wanted some, you know, you know. Well, I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> here it comes, here it comes. But man, Scott kept no, his. There he goes. The there time. he goes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he kept his composure the whole time. Uh, I think that might have been the blooms in his camp that were kind of talking from yeah. on the side in his favor. You know, there towards the end, and that goes into why like spectators shouldn't get involved anyway, because you got like some random dude twenty feet from the table saying, oh, "I saw it," and then you got Scott's camp who's like knows he's being wronged or feels yeah. he's being wronged, so they're speaking up, and the referees kind of giving them attention, looking over the side. It's a problem, you know, like if you're on the rail, uh, public, public service announcement, if you're on the rail, don't ever say a word. Thank you. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you think you fouled? Me? Yeah. It's possible. It's possible what? that by the book, 
His of course, it's possible. Ball. I mean, you know, you could tell by the by the first time he went over the table yeah. that he was concerned about it. Yeah. He, I think he, he had the shirt out and it was hanging all over. So then he tucked it in. So is it possible? You, yeah. Is it something that I'm going to call sitting in that chair? Never. No, eight no, 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 Not no, no, in a no, million no, years. No, I, I would warn someone before I would make a call, right? I would say, hey, man, listen, it, it looks like your shirt's touching balls. You know, maybe you want to tuck it in, you know, something like that. Uh, you know, I'd hate to see you get a foul called on you because of that. That's the way I would handle it. And I'm telling you, if he did foul, I think it was before he tucked his shirt in. And I think Hunter then used that second opportunity. I, I want to make this point, though, too. I'm seeing a lot of comments and, you know, when we see these comments, we don't always know where people are from, right? But it just kind of has this feeling that a lot of European fans are kind of by the book on this and proper, like if the shirt hit the ball, it's a foul dead set. And a lot of Americans are kind of, it seems like in Scott's camp, like, you know, hey, uh, that's a nitty thing to call anyway in that situation. Stephen Fleming has that? a good point. St- Stephen Fleming has a good point. You know, the ref should have squashed the spectators immediately. I agree with that. You know, he yeah. sh- they should have never welcomed or immediately just put it. You well, know, as long I'm- as she didn't take in, take any of their comments into consideration, yeah. it's fine. And, and it's, I, well, how do I we know that? You, how, well, if she says, you know, they didn't influence me at all, then I'm going to believe her. Uh, you know, she's a professional at what she does. She's actually very good at what she does. And yeah. as far as what you're saying about the European Scott said his shirt didn't hit the ball. Are you going to believe him? <laughs> How would he know when he's not looking at his shirt? I'm just kidding. You know, it's impossible for him to know whether or not his shirt touched the ball. That's, that's, and that was her argument yesterday, that's too. So yeah. it's impossible for him to know. But, but I will say your comment about the Europeans and following rules would listen, I'm all for the rules being rules too. He's I like that. But that's, no, but, but, yeah. but that's one of referees at the table. If she was refereeing that match and she said his shirt, his shirt touched, I'm going with that all day long. Look, right. But now we're in the situation where a referee's not at the table right. and things get a little sideways, a little wonky. And, and that's where it comes into what's the letter of the law and what's what's nitty and what's not nitty and whatever, because then you are leaving it up to gentlemen's rules to a certain extent at that point. One thing I will say in favor of the referees, because we've been here, I've been here longer than the mic and, and have seen a lot. These guys are working nonstop. You know, they're here from the first ball to the last ball, you know. And oh, yeah. so, um, you know, they're they are doing their best. And it's not like they're understaffed. It's just you can't have a referee for every single table. That's just not a reality. Um, it's I, I think that Scott fouled, but I think it was extremely nitty to call it. And like we've seen in every other aspect of pool. Right. Who does the shot go to? The shooter. Sure. Right. The shooter, the shooter goes to the, I mean, the shot goes to the shooter. So in that case, he may have fouled Hunter. I don't know what the hell you were thinking calling that, but it should have been Scott for my money and let the, listen, he just drilled that bank. That was the sickest part. He was getting out. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I'd like to see it in writing where that is a rule that whatever the player in the chair says or calls. That's what we're going to investigate, Joe. We're going to be, I I really want to know that because think about it. If that is a written rule, that's a big problem, okay, because you're relying on the integrity of players, and I get it. And this is one reason I made the distinction between Europeans and Americans. We know in America there's a lot of gambling. There's a lot of money, and we've seen some shady stuff, right? Yeah. So I could easily see you know, a player in the right situation, a certain type of player, right? 99% of them know. But a cert- that certain 1% of player who in a various – you know, whatever situation – 
guys about to get out on the hill, it's like, hey, there's a foul. And it could be something even more egregious than a shirt foul. It could be like, hey, you double hit the cue ball when the guy totally didn't double hit the cue ball. But if they say they double hit the cue ball, now that's the rule? That It was they, that same. It was a similar situation with the Mario match. And I saw Mario, Josh, and Lechner talking with Marcel. Uh, there was a lot of drama in that match, and it was hill-hill. The guy comes around two rails to kick a ball. He's the, the guy who shot says he clipped the ball on the way in. Then it came and clipped the ball out. But then there was no ball after contact. Mario and the rest of the crowd were saying, you didn't hit the ball first. You hit it from behind. Then the ball goes down. Never, Nothing ever hit the rail. The, Mario asked him once, what happened? Or did you foul? I don't know. Then all the drama started. Then Marcel says, you got to go ask him again because the, it goes to the shooter, right? Mario asked him again. Then he says, no, he didn't foul. Talk to Naoki Oi after the match. He walks up to us after I interview Mario. He says, it was 100% a foul. Everybody in the world saw it. So it's like, it's a similar situation, but it's different, different principles. So you're there. saying that Marcel went over there and gave it to the shooter? Yes. So yeah. then there's so contradiction. That's what I'm saying. There's yeah. contradiction in yeah. the rules right yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, it's so always gone to the shooter, though. It's always gone right. to Look, the shooter. One thing I know, every, this year yeah. that was different. every event, every match or event, there's one controversial moment, right? And, you know, Matchroom even posted this on their Facebook. So I think I Emily love, slipped, love, I think Emily way. slipped Hunter an extra hundred and said, Hey Hunter, you know, do me a favor, call a shirt foul on Scott. We'll make this. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they dropped off. The feed got cut. Oh no. Let me turn off the graphic. <laughs> Hold on. I was like, I was like, Matchroom cut off the feed as soon as I said that. <laughs> yeah, right. As soon as you mentioned their yeah. name, they're like, okay, shut what these guys the down. Yeah. Yeah. Pull the plug. They just cut out the power on us. Here, yeah. We'll make sure the door's locked here, boys. Um, no. Listen, I, I get, again, I'm going to go back to one one little sticking point. And it's, I get the, I get the goes to the shooter when you're talking about double hits, when you're talking about, uh, you know, a close hit on two balls, that yeah. type of thing. And a shirt foul, it can't possibly go to the shooter because there's not a possible way in the world he could see a shirt. Yeah. Look, I, I think you can't call a shirt foul when there's no ref. There's guys. That's that's an interesting point. If, if you walk if balls in the room, move, that's one thing. Yes, but if totally. you're talking about, yeah. If you walk in the room, 99% of the players have their shirt tucked in. They're wearing a specific style. Oh, so shirt. now you're blaming Scott. No, I'm just saying, yeah. no, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying victim. like, don't, <laughs> don't open yourself up to that opportunity because, and every, everybody else, a majority of these guys that are here left, they, they play regularly. They know that it isn't, I'm not going to open up any kind of possibility. They all play a certain way. They just do, you know, and I'm not blaming Scott. I'm not saying it was the right call, any of that, but you just, you open it up to that possibility when you play like that, you just do. You know? I don't want to see players playing without a shirt on. That's. Well, I heard a story yesterday. No, All right, listen, let's talk about the event, you guys, because there's a lot going on uh, when it comes to the match play outside. And listen, let's just be realistic. Or, you know, it, it's, it's a great talking point, but you know, I don't think either one of them are going to be winning the U.S. Open. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what okay, I mean? fine. <laughs> well, let's um, get over the bracket. Yeah, uh, none of have... us, none of us in the, uh, none of us in the pool had either one on our team. They right? were not in the draft. Joey, contention. did you have Hunter or yeah. Scott? I did not. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
So if, but, it, if they're not on our fantasy teams, they don't matter. But no, let's get on to the winner's qualification match as we got some good ones coming up for you today, guys. Uh, they win this one. They're into the 64. So it's a big match right. here. Not a, nobody wants to lose. We got FSR versus Mickey Krause. Mickey coming off a big win over Gangflot yeah. and FSR cruising so far. What do you guys think of this one? I have, I've not, honestly, I haven't seen FSR play. You know, I just got in yesterday afternoon, so I haven't seen him play yet. Uh, but, you know, obviously Mickey Krause has his hands full, but he's got to be feeling, you know, pretty good after right. beating Gangflot yesterday and winning on the hill. And so you come into today with a little bit of confidence and you're one win away from getting to that final 64. You know, it's going to take everything he's got to win this match, but he's probably got himself set up in the right spot headwise, right? I mean, without a doubt, and, you know, listen, it's not the Francisco of a year ago. Let's just be honest, you know, and but even still, Francisco's like a minus game is better than most guys. A plus plus game, you know, so um, Francisco's supposed to win, but Mickey wasn't supposed to beat Gangflop for my money. And, and he did. So can he pull off the upset? We'll see. But I think it's a lot more competitive after seeing a little bit of that Mickey and Gangflop match. All right, moving on down. We have Ralph Suquet. Great match yesterday with Ralph and Earl. Uh, yeah, I, I just started wanna... having Moscone flashbacks during that <laughs> match. <laughs> well, I'm sitting there watching the match, and you know, as much of grief as I've given Earl over the last you know year and a half after he was selected for the Moscone, and then I felt like he underperformed. It's amazing how well he still pockets balls. I mean, I, I put him up against anybody on ball pocketing. Uh, he hits balls, four-inch pockets, dead center of the pocket, even in pressure situations. Jeremy Jeremy yeah. comments yeah. on it during the match where he's like, you know, you look at this shot. It's amazing, a difficult right? shot. His stroke doesn't break down. He's so relaxed, a beautiful stroke. Uh, he, he got back into that match, but at the end – just couldn't get that breakdown and broke dry a few times and Ralph ends up getting the victory. But uh, Ralph goes on to play. Everybody wanted. everybody wanted to see Earl win in that room outside of uh, Ralph. There was generational players there. There was like young European players there. There was older American players there. There was a ton of fans. It was, you know, looked like a senior citizen, citizen's convention <laughs> in one side of the rail. Um, don't but, look at me when you say that. <laughs> don't look, don't but, look at me. Uh, you know, it was, it, it was, uh, it wasn't meant to be. And, you know, when Earl wasn't in his own head, which was the second half of the match because he was already on tilt and just said, F it, I'm going to just fireballs in. He's great to watch and he can still execute, you know, oh, but the, in, in that middle part of the match, he was a little tilted. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but he was really good at the end of the match. I yeah. mean, at the end of the match, he was applauding. He stood up. He talked to Ralph for yeah. a couple of minutes. It was like, you know, you, you talked to him yesterday, right? Mike? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a different Earl here right now. He's a little more um, yeah, measured, say, yeah. a little more like under control. Yeah. He's not, you know, two he's not words going don't completely off the air. But yeah. you can see, like in times when when people were applauding Ralph's early wins, you know, when like maybe they weren't like the most cleanest or whatever. Like Earl was sarcastically there <laughs> clapping. You know what I mean? Like it was a little. It Just was a little. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get yeah, it. Yeah. Good yeah. out. You know. Like you know what I'm saying? So just pump the brakes a little bit. So, anyways, yeah. Ralph and and uh, listen, we uh, all got Kun Lin, Wu, we right? all got Wu Kun Lin to to beat Ralph. I mean, Ralph's a great story, but it's listen, Lin he, Kun just, Wu. he just switched cues. Wu's a killer. <laughs> I'm going with Wu. I think all you guys are Wu also. too. Yeah. What what uh what did he switch cues to, Mike? He's well, he was with Predator for like over 20 years, and now he's with uh, Arthur Cues from Germany. Right. So, right. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. All right. Moving on down, we have Conrad Jujitsu against Roland Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think it's a lot closer than uh, yeah. maybe a lot of fans may think because Roland is just a, a, a crafty veteran and he just always seems to be in contention. You know, I don't think pressure is going to get to him, although from a skill set standpoint with on matchroom arena, um, you got to favor Conrad a little bit. I think it'll be extremely close. I think it'll go to Roland if it's in that like six, six, seven, seven range. Um, but Conrad should win because this is his more his arena. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a closer match. You know, certainly in that middle portion of the match, I, I expect it to be like a five, five, six, six, yeah. seven, even seven, seven type of thing. But I expect Conrad to put it away. Yeah, I like Roland in this one. I'm going to go contrarian. I'm taking Roland. Attaboy. All right, uh, Robbie Capito coming off two uh, pretty easy wins, nine zero nine two, and he's going to face Voychek. Voychek, uh, you know, he's just so steady. Uh, every time yeah. we see him, he's getting deep in tournaments. He's winning big matches. Right. Uh, I got to like him here. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I, you know, you have the, the Polish five. You, you take them all until they tell you otherwise because you know <laughs> that you know that three of them at least, you know, you know at least four of them are going to get to the final 64. And you know that three of them are going to get to the final 32 yeah. or 16. So, you know, you, you can't guess which ones are going to lose. You just keep rolling on all of them and, and you know you're going to come out ahead. Wojciech is the most uh, the most underappreciated but well-decorated out of the group. You know, he's a world champion. And, um, you know, Joey hit the nail on the head. He's, uh, uh, he's, he's steady, you know. And so Robbie, on the other, on the other hand, was kind of a, a flash for me, you know, in hindsight. Um, but with that score line, you know, it can be a lot more competitive than, uh, than maybe I would have initially given it credit for. Um, I'm going to be looking at that matchup, but it's more to see, like, where's Robbie really at than anything else, because I expect Wojciech to win. Yeah, likewise. Moving on down, we have maybe the surprise so far of the tournament, which is Corey Duell, who had a uh, real <laughs> nice victory over Lil Thanks Co. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. In, in round two. <laughs> right. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. And and Molina picked against him in round one as well. Uh, but he goes on to face Omar Al-Shaheen in round three of this. What do you guys think think on this one? I'd love to see Corey win this. I mean, Corey's just Corey's Corey. He's just interesting. <laughs> you know, he's yep. just you know. He said, "I I don't really haven't really played much. I rolled in, so I borrowed somebody's cue verbatim." Uh, you know, what he said, yeah. hitting <laughs> balls, and you know, and and he just he still does the Corey things at the table that you've seen for all these years, which are some of them are you know head scratchingly good, and some of them are head scratchingly bad, and um, you know. And Omar, you know, we haven't really seen a lot out of him in the last couple of years. Nope. Uh, so, you know, but he's he's in the round three, beat Donnie Mills. Um, you know, he's supposed to, but still it's... it's I don't know at this point who's supposed to win. I really don't know. I think this is as close to a flip as you can get. I yeah. don't even know, like, who would be more of a favorite when it comes to fans. Maybe Corey because it's the U.S. Open. Oh, and yeah, he, of and course. We're, we're playing here. But, um, yeah, I really don't know. I mean, flip a coin. I got no clue on that one. So going into this event, we ha we were talking about a lot of Americans that were kind of on the cusp for Moscone consideration, talking he about was not Lucas, a part of that group DJ. Uh, yeah, Corey was not in that conversation. But if he can string off like three more wins here and get down to like the 16, poor what Jeremy. do you guys think? You got to talk about him. <laughs> oh, oh, Jeremy. You know, yeah. I said poor Jeremy. I think, that, <laughs> I think that he becomes part of the equation a little bit by default because – you know, you've seen Billy Thorpe struggle in recent tournaments, and and he's he's won three matches here, but two matches, two matches here, but uh, didn't you know look particularly? You know, he's he's injured, he hurt his ankle, but didn't look particularly good in the first match, and um, oh, and then you got Shane Wolford who went 
out really quickly in this event. So, um, you know, that's what all of a sudden makes Corey, you know, not an afterthought anymore because these other guys aren't, you know, you're still looking at that at least number five pick, which is completely up in the I mean, that would be something pretty remarkable for me for Corey to get in. Yeah, it does. It does. But can he do it? Can he win two more matches? Is that enough for you? If you think he's two, getting a. If he's two, 32 to 16, I think he's he's more serious part of the equation of, of Jerry's decision making. I mean, he's literally t- said it himself. He hadn't played all year. Like, I get going on a decent run, but there's guys who've been playing well, he has all, played year, all year. Yeah. I mean, Shane Wolford's missed a lot of tournaments. Billy Thorpe's missed tournaments. Nobody's, none of these guys have played in every well, event. It goes back to the argument nobody's kind of separated themselves. That's, that's, that's why that's, I say that's, yeah. why he's into, that's why he's into discussion if he wins another match or two because. Um, because no one's separating themselves from the pack. I love the Cinderella story, but Lord help us if if Corey if, if Corey goes. So. Maybe with the wild card, I think they should pick Corey and Earl. There you go. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I just yeah. I just think winning two or three more matches here at least gets him in the conversation. A hundred percent. You know, provides an interesting kind of uh, talking point for us. But uh, yeah. moving on down, we have former champion of this event, Carlo Beato against Dennis Grabe. What do you guys Good think man. of this one? Very good match. I mean, you know, Carlo is is uh, is a former champion, like Joey said. He's going to go into it as probably, I'd guess, going to nine, a two game favorite over Dennis. But Dennis has shown recent form. He's had he's had good success out there in Michigan. Um, he he seems to be a lot more comfortable. I, I spoke with him a little bit yesterday. He liked the format. He loved the event, um, the break as well. You know, and so he wasn't like in his own head like I've seen before. Like he wasn't already tilted before he put his cue together. So, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, Carlo is just the epitome of what a monster is, you know, and um, he can go all the way. He can win this event. He's won it before. So Carlo's going to be the favorite, and that's who I take. Yeah. And sure. I would lay yeah. the games. So, How many games would you lay? I'd lay the two. I'd lay, two? The, I'd lay the two as a push. So, like, in other words, if Dennis got the seven, I'd say it's a push. So I think that's a good uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Big matchup well, Carlo, next one. Carlo's in form. He's coming off a victory at uh, Rax, uh, what, two weeks ago. So yeah, that's true, yeah. Joe. Good point. So moving on down, we have Sanjin versus Tyler. Uh, you know, I know you spent quite a bit of time with Tyler since you've been there. <laughs> What's that look? What I'm just saying, no, I just say <laughs> <it's anything. Yeah. laughs> but he seems to be feeling pretty good. He's, you know, he talked a lot about how he's treating his body off the table, you know, like eating well, exercising, things like that. And he thinks that's playing a real difference here. Uh, you think he can get by Sanjin here? He's supposed to now. It's different than a, a year ago. I would have said no. This year, he's supposed to, you know. And I think that it's not just something you say and kind of being a homer or unrealistic. I think that Tyler's supposed to win this matchup. I like him to win this matchup. Um, Line wise, it's probably even. Um, but yeah, give me Tyler. I mean, that kid. He's. I got a lot of respect for Tyler. You know, in in on the pool table, off the pool table, he's a great role model. But his game is solid. Yeah, no, I agree. He's, he's playing really well. He's playing solid. If I'm Jeremy, this is kind of an important match confidence-wise for me as the captain and for my team going into Moscone because I do think Tyler's on that team, but I want to see him win matches like this, yep. especially yep. when you're seeing the guys behind him not step up and show that you're going to be strong at number four and number five. So you yeah, really need your number three. He's going to be more of a leader, to, for sure. Yeah, you need, your, you need your number three to be a points winner, right? And so a match like this against Sanjin, to me, from Jeremy's viewpoint, has got to be an important match to say, you know, I really want to see Tyler go out and win this match. 
you know, these aren't like typically the big names that you would see on a TV table, but I'd love to see this match. You know, I hope it is uh, get gets drawn to the TV table because I think it's a good matchup with two really strong young players. Got a doubt. Well, the TV uh, table's got to go to the next match, right? <laughs> <laughs> our uh, Q-Tech matchup here, our buddy Nick DeLeon facing off against Fedor Gorst. Uh, he had a good win over Bader yesterday, and I sent him a message and uh, even posted on, on something I saw online and said, oh, you got an easy one next match. <laughs> but uh, Fedor... Uh, Passes by Payne McBride nine to three. He seems to be in cruise control right now. Uh, any chance of Nick getting the upset here? <laughs> Crickets. Crickets. Uh, look, I love We're Nick. He was Nick was not supposed to win against Bader. He held his poise and composure and and handled his job. But Fetter's a different animal. I think you know Nick. While I love the guy, he can get he can still get a bit like starstruck and i don't want to have like a moral victory with nick i want nick to turn into a killer and um you know i'm, I'm rooting for the guy but i don't think he's gonna get there well, we, yeah. we saw him last night he mentioned you know you know while fetter you know I, i've played him in each of the last couple of events so i'm getting a little more comfortable playing him and i kept thinking keep telling yourself that yeah, buddy, yeah. Because, <laughs> look you know, whatever you look, it takes to grab whatever. something and hold on some strands exactly. and do it nick do look, it yeah. just he's got to he's got to go into this match believing he's got a chance to win and not trying to figure out where he's going to line up the post match selfie with fetter okay if he does oh, that God. if he if, if he, he does, does that he might get some games under his belt but i'll tell you one thing that nick has going for him he's really uh breaks these balls well He's been practicing this break. He does have a good break, so it's possible for him to get on hey, a roll. That's and actually true because he told me he was practicing with, I think it was Shane and Sky out there at the Q-Tech booth, and even they were asking, how are, how did you break the balls? Because And that's yeah. how much they were paying attention to Nick's break, and that's honest to God the truth. So He's definitely a student of the break. So moving on, we got to – Upset alert. I'll, I'll take plus five, <laughs> <laughs> and I won't be happy about it. Well, speaking of upset alert, is there an upset alert here with BJ Ussery and Albin Ocean? This is obviously a big match for potential. Hey, yeah. if, you want to, if you want to, if you want to, you know, get yourself into the discussion, this is the match. I mean, I and especially considering where what everybody else has done, right? We saw Lucas lose, Wolford's out, BJ. Although he's won a, a, a World Nine Ball Tour ranking event. He's kind of been like the stepchild in a lot of conversations. At least, you know, we haven't maybe given him the respect that he deserves. He had a strong comeback victory against Joao, who went deep in the, I think it was the Spanish Open. Um, showed a lot of heart. But this is this is the litmus test. This is where you see where you're matching up at. We know who Albin is. We know how decorated he is. We know how, how hard he can play when it's time. And it's time for Albin because also he's got things to prove as well because he's, he's fighting to get on Team Europe also. Um, so this is going to be a fantastic matchup. I cannot wait to see who wins this one. Yeah, another one that probably won't get the TV table, but I hope it does. So uh, moving on down, we have Chris Reinhold versus Thorson Holman. Chris coming off that big win over Mika Eamonen. Yeah. Thoughts on this one, guys? Can Chris get there? Of course. Of course he can get there. I mean, you know, you got to look, uh, you know, they're both aging Hall of Famers, or whatever, but I think Mika was a stronger win than I think he's more of a favorite uh, Mika was for Torsten. sure a stronger win yeah, than Thorson yeah. would be. So, so does Chris have a chance here? Yeah, and he obviously he's playing pretty well, uh, confident. And then here's another guy. All of a sudden, you got another name in the discussion. Well, so it's like, you know, we went from well, listen, we went from a month ago talking about the top four is set, and number five looks like between one or two guys. Now you're looking at four and five. Yeah. Open up to five or six guys now. Yeah. 
just in one tournament. Well, even Jeremy said it was open to because 10. guys aren't aren't showing their form. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think about it. The two. So we had Lucas and Shane kind of well, at, at one point, you know, Shane Wolfert was kind of what we thought would definitely be in there as like number four. And Lucas maybe as a number five, they don't turn out as well in this tournament, but then you got other players that are stepping up and, and doing some things. So I think that's a good point. And uh, if you're, if you're a captain, this was the event where you're like, okay, this is the event. This is really, you know, you don't expect a lot of guys to go to Asia. So this was going to be your, well, late I mean, listen, year if, if you're, if you're a Chris or a Corey, and if you do have a good run, you better, you, you better book a plane ticket because I think that's the only way you're going to get in. If you skip Asia and you, if, even if you make a decent run, I don't think there's any chance for me. Yeah, really? Possibly. Yeah. No, I don't. You know, short of like, let's say like. It's on a, the other a, side of the world, so, Melina. <laughs> yeah. But like, listen, there's You're also. So other hardcore. Things, no, there's also other things. It's like, that's what Matchroom looks at as well. You know, it's like they want guys who are participating in their events. You know, that's. Yeah. I mean, yeah but what I'm saying is the guys who you think that they've got no chance of overcoming at this point to get on Moscone. Yeah. They're not going either. Well. You mean like okay, Lucas and like, BJ and Shane Wolford, Wolford is not going to Asia? Is Chris Reinhold going to Asia? Yeah, but but so where, really, but where, I mean, but where Wolford sits at isn't where Corey and Chris sit at. There's a difference, right? And, but and, he but but Corey turns that around in this one tournament if he does well, and Wolford is already gone. You want you want to bet who's going to make the team between them? Huh? <laughs> no, All right, no, moving no, on. I still have Shane Wolford making the team. Do I have yeah. to get security for you guys? Yeah, Do we have yeah, to get a ref? Ready. Scott, yeah, Scott yeah, Hunter yeah, ain't got yeah, nothing yeah. on me and Michael over here. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, another Polish Your shirt player. touched the microphone, Mike. Foul. <laughs> he's go for Tunski against Imran Majin. Who do you guys have in this one? Imran. Really? Oh, really? Oh, man. I, do <laughs> too. I, had, to, I had to jump you on that I one. I do, too. I, I like Imran in this one, man. Do and, you? And Why? I, because Imran just always gets yeah. there, man. Find a tournament yeah. like this where Imran yeah. doesn't get to that 64. Yeah, he does. He, he does. gets there every time. And he beats someone along the way that you're like, man, I didn't see that one coming. Misko is the type of guy who can beat anybody in the world. But then, you know, it wouldn't shock me to see him lose to Imran. Yep. So yeah, I'm going Imran here 100%. This is one of those matches where it may not matter as much, right? Whoever wins this match will be in the 64, and whoever loses might get to the 64 as well. Probably yes, has a good, good point, chance too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't think either of them goes into it not worrying about winning, but. Yeah. True, true. Uh, next match up here, uh, Sullivan Clark from New Zealand, right, Mike? Facing off against. <laughs> you guys got your flags figured out yet? Is that right? Mike? I think so. I, think <laughs> I, <can. laughs> I thought it was Australian. Uh, so I mean, this would be this is this is one of those matches where Sullivan probably wakes up this morning and says, "I can really uh, solidify my place in professional pool if I can win this match." He's such a smart guy. I, I spoke with him a little bit yesterday. I'm a fan of of him, but he's up against it when it comes to Co because Co is just in in a different class uh, for right now, um, and it's going to be very difficult. But I'll be rooting for him. You know, I like both players. So yeah. All right, moving on down. Uh, big match up here, Sky Woodward and Alex Pagulayan. Cool. You want to talk about fan favorites? Who's the most popular between the two? <laughs> I have to Alex. say Alex because it's worldwide. Alex. Alex. Alex, for sure. Alex yeah. is universally loved. Yeah, everywhere you know, he goes. Sky is, but I mean, not yeah. as universally known and loved as yeah. Alex is. Alex is, he's, you know, he's he's the, the Hall of Fame <sighs> pixie. I mean, he's the guy that everybody loves to see walk into a room and smile and crack a bad joke and yep. and grab somebody from behind and pull their hair, whatever he does. Um, you love seeing Alex in any tournament. You love seeing him go deep in any tournament. Well, can he get there against Sky then? That's the next question. 
you know, I don't know why not. The guy's a world champion and, and still plays at a pretty good level. And, you know, so it's, uh, Skyler, Skyler, it depends on where his game is during, during this match. I mean, we've seen Skyler have matches where he just doesn't play well. Um, so what do you say, Joe? I, I kind of like Sky in this one, uh, but one thing that does concern me is that he's cruised through the first two rounds, 9-2, 9-2, whereas Alex kind of had a sweater with the last one beating the Bulgarian player, Georgi, uh, 9-8. So we just love and saying his name. Yeah, I do. Right. And, <laughs> and not only do I love saying his name, but I really do, you know, just just based on what I've seen and based on playing the tournaments myself, when you have that that real sweater of a match early on (laughs) some kind sometimes that tunes you up and gets you ready so alex is coming into this if this gets late in the set in the seven seven eight eight alex has been there just in the last round and sky has been cruising (laughs) get that off the screen (laughs) (laughs) listen sky's supposed to win yeah but you know because alex is going to be a bit of an underdog sky's supposed to get there the scoreline show that his break could be in form versus alex who had a a bit of a closer one i'm hoping sky wins but it's it's going to be close. And Sky, okay. you know, really in most of these tournaments, these matchroom tournaments, you know, you're talking about Sky had easy wins. He's usually, he usually struggles in the early rounds yep. at these yep. events. So it's kind of it's true. an anomaly that he's done well the first two. And I don't know if that means that he's about to take a dive or whether he's in form. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Well, the next matchup, you guys have been talking about Billy and an ankle injury. I haven't heard about that. So fill us in on that. And he's playing – uh, Naoki Oi in, in this qualification round. Yeah, he took a tumble down the stairs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's been, it was pretty hobbled. Really? He was down big in his, he was down big, I think, in his first matchup. Um, kind of got away with one. And then beating Natterberg in the second round was massive for Billy. And that's a big win because that young man from Estonia can play great pool. He's a, a world junior champion. Um, and so to go into this match with Oi, where I don't think Oi has played like the Oi that we saw maybe two years ago, um, you know, this sets itself up to be a pretty big matchup if you're Billy, because now you're fighting for, uh, your position and you're in points spot also. So, um, yeah, it's going to like, all eyes are going to be on this matchup if you're Jeremy for sure. Yeah. This is a big match for Billy, a big match for Jeremy, uh, to watch. So, um, yeah, this is one where, you know, this, we keep talking about everybody trying to separate themselves and make their statements and things like that. Does a win like this for Billy getting into the final 64 and beating Oi to do it? Well, according to you, Corey beating Omar, you know, you're, you're, you're putting him as a number one pick. You're kicking, you're kicking Sky out of the team, you know? So who knows if this Billy and Oi, you know, I'm just saying. So moving on down, we have uh, Jonas playing against Tang, the Taiwanese player who knocked off Kwok in the last round pretty easily, 9-3. to three. That's a pretty surprising scoreline. What do you guys think? Yeah, really surprising scoreline. I didn't see that match at all, but, um, you know. It was a battle. Yeah, even though the scoreline was a little bit more lopsided. Um, you know, <laughs> nine, 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 nine to three, it was a battle. It was a nail biter. It was a nail biter. Maybe I'm thinking every, about a different match. Every, every rack went to yeah. the, every rack came down to the nine Look, ball, It was Joey. a moving fence, all right? All right. I saw a little bit of it. Uh, no. You know, <laughs> it's only occasionally you misspeak, Melina, and we got to call you on it when you do. I appreciate so it, you yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't have my coffee. Yes, Mike. I got to like, I got to like Tang in this one. I mean, coming off that last win. You couldn't pick him out of a lineup. You know, I couldn't, but I like him here. Give me a break. Give me a break, Joe. All right. Let's, let's talk right. about jo- Joey's favorite player. Jeremy Sasse. Yeah. There you go. There you go, yeah. Playing There's Jason Shaw here. There's a lot of uh, Americans in this round 
um, in this that can make a statement. That can make a statement, make that final 64. And I'm not saying Jeremy Sosa is making a statement for Moscone Cup, but, you know, from uh, an American period and an American fan to boot, um, you know, you'd like to, I'd love to see every American win in this round and move into that final round of 64 and make a statement for the state of pool in the country. Jeremy's a grinder, um, and they got a lot of history because they're both out of the same area. They both know each other's game very well. Um, I think both have a lot of respect for one another. Jason made a good point that, you know, he's not playing for a paycheck, you know, and that makes Jason Shaw real dangerous because he's playing more free, right? It's not like a pool player where, like, he needs it to go to the next tournament. He just bought a whole room full of new rass and tables. So let me tell you, he's um, yeah. <laughs> the, the bills are piling up. No, no, but it's, I, I just, you know, Jason seemed a lot like it's easy to say, but he, he looked apart. And I'll put it like that. And Jason's but the one thing that I do, I will say for, for Jeremy is that Jason can intimidate players. Yes. Jason's not going to intimidate Jeremy Sosi. No, I, it, that's fair. Jeremy is yeah. very like, you know, nothing bothers him. Nothing intimidates him. He just goes about his business. So yeah. you're not going to well, have that intimidation factor here. That's true. But the bad news for Jeremy is we've gotten into September, and this is the time of year that Jason heats up. We said it time and time again. Jason true, can Joe. play terrible all through, you know, the first six, seven months of the year. And then he just starts thinking about Moscone Cup. He starts heating up, starts playing really well. So Jeremy Sasse will have to pull off a great Masse there's a mic drop moment. God, I'm kicking you out of the out of the uh, podcast after that one. Listen, what, what Reggie Jackson was Mr. October, Jason Shaw is Mr. December in pool. You know, he just gets up. So, all right, next matchup we got Joshua Filler against Frank Candela. Uh, Frank with the Hill Hill victory over Lucas in the round before. Um, any chances of Frank pulling off the upset here? I think it'll be close to the first. You know, 10 racks, um, but Josh is supposed to win. You know, I think Frank's a grinder of a player. I got a lot of respect for him, um, but it's Josh. Everybody knows who Josh is. So you call in another really tight match at nine to three? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a barn burner at nine to three. Well, yeah, I mean, Frank won his first two matches on the hill. So if he needs a third on the hill match, you know, he's not going to win a hill match against Josh. Yeah. 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 Uh, moving on down. Uh, Tolian Han against Moritz Neuhausen. The veteran versus the upstart. You know, everyone's going to pick Moritz. He's supposed to win. This is also a guy who's on the radar of Team Europe now. Um, kind of let the Jesse Engel match get, get away from him, and he really should have lost that matchup, to be honest with you. Um, but Moritz, you better handle your business because, you know, you're going to be under the bright lights from here on out. I, I like Moritz in this a lot. Uh, just because, well, I, I talked to him yesterday, and, and he brought up an interesting point. He said yesterday was a big day for him because it was an off day. Yeah. And he said he really had felt like he was, you know, just out of steam. Yeah. Uh, oh, so and we're so the being able to take off yesterday, he said, yeah. I didn't hit a ball. I left the, uh, I left the hotel. I went into town. I bought some presents for my mother and my sister. So That's I wasn't awesome. get ragged at when I get home. And so it just seemed like he was in a better, you know, he was in a good place mentally. Like yep. he's like, okay, I, I got a, a one day recharge where I didn't think about pool. I didn't watch pool. I didn't play well, pool. And now I'm going to come back into today fresh and ready to it's go. It's different now. There's so, expectations, right? He's not the, he's not the kid pulling the upset. He's got the, he's got the expectation think, now. I mean, he's 19 and, and, and this is the way he's handling things already. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm going to use this day and I'm going to recharge and I'm going to not. It's mature. About, that's, it, it's, it's a maturity that yep, you don't expect yeah. out of a 19 year old pool player. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I like him to 
I like him to steamroll this one. Yeah. So uh, going back to the round before, Han knocks off Shane Wolford. Shane Wolford then loses on the, the loser side. He's out of the tournament. And then he makes a post about being in a slump. And I'm curious with you guys, I kind of felt Did like – Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, I kind of oh. felt like that was a post that maybe shouldn't have been made. I understand like his desire to do that, but I think that kind of hurts his Moscone standing. Right. Because, you know, he's either. He's kind of, yeah. At this point, I know, think he's, he's either around the team. That, or whereas a lot of good players are going to be three and out in this event and they're just going to move on with it. Right. But now he's admitted to being in a slump and, you know, really struggling. And so, I think that kind of hurts his chances a little bit. I wish he just would have moved on from this and went to the next event and tried to perform. Have you seen that gif where that point guard is picking up the chin of the center? You ever seen that? Do you know what a no. gif is, Mike, by the way? No? Okay. <laughs> I thought it was Jif. <laughs> Jif, is it? Who knows? Maybe I don't know what it is. That's the um, You know, it, it's it's like how you you know present the most positive thing. I love the honesty part of it, but it's like timing kind of has my head scratching hearing that so yeah well if you're yeah. jeremy jones it's not the post you wanted to no, see no <laughs> you know, it's it like, not. No, want guys, not. You guys, yeah, yeah. one guy's coming in with a hot hand yeah. and our buddy rick glasscock uh says that it was deleted sorry to cut you off but i think he may have but he even that posted post. after his first loss that he hadn't been playing well lately and so he did it like two days in a row he posted and to be fair the posts. gentleman he played to get out of the tournament yesterday played really solid like he got out when he was supposed to he you know he did his job i mean the ending was pretty brutal the way he scratched but like you know he the guy played well. There's no yeah. shame in being knocked out of the U.S. Open early, right? Uh, you know, Anton Raga is out of the U.S. Open right now. Who would have ever thought that, you know? I think he's ashamed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, let's keep All on right. cruising, boys, because we got a few more matches to get through. Chang Chang. against Tom Stavely. A uh, little bit of a surprise here from Stavely last round beating Beasterbosch. Uh, thoughts about Chang Yulung and Stavely? I think that that – Totally screwed Beaster Bash's chances of getting that Moscone Cup. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting right. Well, no, I mean, if he comes back through the qualifications. Yeah, like, of course. Didn't he, did he do that in the Spanish Open? Did he lose early and then come back through qualification and then finish second in the tournament? No. Or, no, think, he went right through? No, I think he was yeah. undefeated, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. But, I mean, he's capable of still getting back in that final 64 and making a run. So, I don't think, if this would have been an elimination match, I would have agreed with you. Pinozo, but I i mean, he could still win this tournament. Yeah, of course. Talk about guys with a hot hand. It's Chang Yulong. You know, he's a very well-seasoned veteran. He's playing well right now. He's comfortable here. Um, you know, Tom with a great uh, little bit of an upset, but he's, you know, he, he's a good player in his own right. I think Chang is just in a different uh, uh, category of player right now, and I like him to get through. Yeah, agreed. All right. Uh, Khalid against Kazakis, round three. Who you guys like? Good. This will be a fun match to watch. Really. You like an upset? Um, no, no. Alex is supposed <laughs> to win. Alex is supposed to win, but you know, there's a lot of people who are high on Khalid Stock and rightfully yeah. so. Um, you know, he's still young. <clears throat> Obviously, not as seasoned as Alex is. You know, for that. But um, yeah, I like Alex. I wouldn't be surprised if it was close though at the end. Yeah, it could be close. And, and, you know, he is a good young player and he's upcoming and he hasn't won it. But sooner or later, he's going to win one of these matches, right? Of course. And so could this be the one? Sure, it could be. Um, it's the type of player, that top-level player, but not the top 10 elite type of guy. So it's the type of guy that maybe maybe he could surprise. Um, but, you know, if I, had to, if I had to roll on it, I would go with Alex. There you go. Last year's runner-up, Max Lechner and Babika in the qualification round. Who you guys like? Well, we know who I'm taking. 
There's no shame in his game. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's Max, he's Max till he drops. Look, man, Max is my guy. I, I'm a big fan of Babika. In my office, I got pictures with a lot of players, and Babika is one of them. I met him at the International years ago. I've always been a big fan of his game. But Max, and like the fan part out of it, Max is, is playing better right now. Yeah. yeah, no, Max is Max is is playing strong again. You know, he didn't. You know, I didn't think that at the beginning of the year, but the last couple of tournaments I've seen him, he's he's looked pretty good. Yep. Here's here's another intriguing matchup: Oscar Dominguez and Kang Lee. Uh, this one should be pretty close. When we talk about guys who can make a wave, it's Oscar. You know, and he's got to be able to do. He's got to have wins like this in order to do so. Kang is, I call Kang the giant killer because every tournament that he's in, he beats players that for my money he's not supposed to, including the round prior against Alexa. Alexa, Um, It's just what Kang does. I I can't wrap my head around it. Uh, He's such a fun guy to root for and always with with a smile on his face. Um, But, you know, if you're Oscar, you better handle your business for sure. Yeah, this is, is you know, Big match. We talk about big match for everybody, but yeah, yeah. it's a big match for Oscar. I yeah. think he's, you know, we had dinner with him last night. He's, he's excited. Yeah. He's, he's not just, sure. he's not just, he didn't just show up here. He likes his chances. He likes the equipment. He likes the game that it's become, uh, by being able to use his savvy and his, his, you know, skills right. to, to grind through racks. Cause it's not just break and run. Um, so, you know, it, you could just hear it in his voice. There was, there was excitement. There was lo- looking forward to play, uh, which you didn't always see from him or hear from him at a lot of tournaments in the past. So, um, I like his motivation. I like his, his mindset right now. So I'm going to go with, Oh, here. So Molina, as his official Moscone campaign manager, at what stage of this tournament <laughs> does he need to get to before you activate the grassroots effort of pushing Oscar, Oscar Dominguez to the Moscone Cup? Um, you know, realistically, he's got to win a few more. Yeah. You know, he's got to win a few more. Um, while this is like the first, the first goal is to get through single elimination, the job ain't done yet, and it's not going to get you there. Um, as far as being on the radar more realistically, Oscar's confidence is where it needs to be at. His game is, uh, relatively speaking, where it needs to be at, just considering the fact that he just changed equipment. Um, but all, he's also a realist, you know, and, you know, he's one of my best friends. I, you know, I keep it real with him all the time. And, um, but I like his chances. He's supposed to get, get there against Kang. Um, but you better handle your business. You know, you better. Yeah. So, where is he? Um, obviously, I should know this, but where is he in the points relative to third? Uh, no, thirds, I mean, he's Tyler a bit, he's, I think he's like on the tail end of 10, but you know, it's, it's what's so the separation five, six, thousand. Uh, there's yeah, not yeah. a lot of separation at all in maybe us, like 8,000, maybe like seven, 8,000. Is it that much? I think it's somewhere around there. I okay. could be wrong because he is playing in Asia. Yeah, he, no, right? he is. So, he's so you've Vietnam. got the U S open in Asia, you know, uh, you know, Billy is, is in that is ahead of him with points. Um, Tyler's ahead of him with points, but if he's within six, 7,000, something like that, you know, a big run, you know, talk about guys with experience, Oscar's got experience and all of a sudden, you know, your points are up there. So not out of the, not out of the realm of possibility. No, not at all. Just because of the opportunity. Cause he is playing. There's an opportunity there. You got to take it, you know, for sure. Guys, you got to follow your cues. I had already moved down like 40 seconds ago. All right, let's roll. Okay. (laughs) Danny Hewitt, Miguel Silva. Yeah, the Canadian Danny Hewitt pulls off. Who's next? Who's Who's next? next? (laughs) No idea. I couldn't point out either one of these guys out of a out of a uh, lineup. To be honest with you, I couldn't. So, so who you like? (laughs) Give me the Canadian Hewitt. I like Silva's flag better. Give me Silva. Yeah, I'll take. Okay, I'll take Hewitt. You got to go with Canada here. Okay. (laughs) Big matchup. 
We got yeah. Lee Van yeah. with the victory over Roberto Gomez. He advances to uh, play Mario. He, I do have to point one thing out. I'm watching. Uh, it was right after the Earl match, I think, and Lee Van and Roberto are playing. And whoever's commentating that match is calling Roberto Lee Van, or Lee Van Roberto and vice versa. And even match room marked up one to nothing. Uh, who was it? One and nothing oh, for the wrong guy. And I'm like, what is going on here? And thankfully <laughs> Carl Boyce comes into the booth and then they get it all straightened out. But I was just really surprised by that. And I'm like, how far could this match go where they're calling out Before the wrong realized, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And oh, and, no. and here's my biggest issue with it. Like, oh, God, here's yeah, my no. biggest <laughs> issue with it. They had their last names on the back of their shirts. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy's got Gomez on the back of his shirt and he's like, yeah, and Lee Van's really taking it. care yeah. of this rack. There we go. Yeah. Oh gosh. These Filipinos oh. are really tight. They wear each other's shirts. Yeah, yeah exactly. No room for one. Uh, what do you guys uh, got? This, this I think this matchup. is an intriguing matchup and I, you know, very uh, good obviously Lee Van's got tons of class and been around for a long time. Uh, but Mario, um, you know, Mario's always winning matches, you know, sometimes where you might count him out or think, you know, maybe he's a slight underdog. Uh, I kind of like Mario in this one. Well, you know, Mario's, you know, he's not a guy that we talk about a lot for Moscone Cup. Um, but he's in, he's, but he's he's in not, the hunt, he's, he's and in you there. know that it's in his mind. Yep. And you know that he's thinking about it every match he's playing here. And so, um, you know, I, I just think that he's got more – to gain, I think he's got more on the line in this match. I think he's, I think he's going to play oh, really far. hard and win this by far. And it's because of Moscone, yeah. you know. But Lee Van is, uh, is a feather in the cap because Lee Van, yeah. you know, he's he's a champion. He's he's one of the most. But uh, feathers don't do it to get on Team Europe. Mario's, for the bed feathers post. don't do it for get, for getting on Team Europe because he's not going to get a wild card pick. So he's got to earn. Well, yeah, but this is like one step. But it's like if you're weighing guys towards the end, then you start looking at at scoreboards. I feel like you're gonna have to at some point, you know, and just see how well. Like in the sense of how well do you play tough players? Do you Lee see Van any scenario player. in which Mario He is a wild card pick? No, no, not, not if this guys year. like not if guys like Filler and Jason and Albin are sitting out there. No, okay, they so, are. Well, then, so then they so are. Yeah. Feathers don't make any difference. You got to get the points. Mike yes. with the second good point in the last five years. <laughs> Can okay, I read now? How much sleep yeah. did you get last night? We're like, yeah. we're crushing you today. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's keep on rolling along, boys. Victor. All right. Victor and Kim Lockinson. Kim Lockinson putting in a pretty good tournament so far. Good player out of Finland. Uh, I know Molina's going to go with Victor here. I am. I mean, we're, I think me and Mike are both big fans of his game and got a lot of respect for him, but it's not just fans of who he is or his game. It's that like we got, we respect his game and it's not a disrespect to Kim, um, but Victor is supposed to win matches like this. I expect him to win this match. I'm hoping he can go on a big run because if there's a player who I want to see turn the European Moscone Cup rankings on its head, it's this guy. Yeah, no, that would be cool to watch. Uh, that would be cool. And he's playing with, you know, we talked about it, after the Michigan thing, yep. uh, that he's, you know, he hasn't had a ton of confidence through the middle part of this year, and Michigan helped him a lot. Uh, he said that, and he's comfortable, and he's been here a while, so there's no jet lag, there's no any of this type. So right. I feel like he's coming in here to prove a point. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that, that he's got to really play some three cushion to not win this match. Victor for I'll the win. You, and while the Predator events obviously don't count for Moscone points, uh, or consideration. Yep. Uh, 
to snap off the Michigan event and then come and, you know, go very deep in this event would obviously Oof. talk about how, the kind of form he's playing in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. All right, moving on down. We got P.S. Labutis and Chang Jun Lin. Look, I'm going straight draft class here. I'm rooting for P.S. because I do not want to see Chang Jun Lin continue on a run. I don't even know who's got Chang. Um, <laughs> I think he's supposed to win, but for, for my draft points, I want Chang to go on the one loss side. So. <laughs> Yeah, I don't and if you know guys, if I hear them or not. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, if you know. guys are just tuning in, we did a fantasy draft before this, so uh, Molina's kind of picking with his his fantasy team here. <laughs> I'm trying to think who's even got him. Who's got Chang? He went. He went late. Did he? Oh, here we go. Oh, Raymond. Oh, Raymond's out of the game anyway. Yeah, Raymond. Yeah, Raymond, yeah. Raymond took a dive. So yeah, he loses. He loses. Never mind. Let's go Chang. Chang and, uh... Let's go Chang. Never mind. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. All right, so here we have the Vietnamese player. Here's my favorite player in the tournament. Kien, yeah. it's, not, it's, not Kien, it's not Kien Du. It's the Kien yeah, Du. The, the. This is the Kien Du. So he's my favorite right, guy in this Kien tournament Kien. right now, and I'm picking him to win. I figured your Are favorite you? guy was Yanni Uski. I'm done saying Yanni that was He was the player of the day last year. There you go. It, it's uh, Give me the Vietnamese player, but you know Yanni is the more uh, consistent nine-ball player. I, th I think it'll be close, and it'll be a bit of a grind. Um, but – yeah, I guess flip the coin. All right, we're getting down Good towards the end, coming up. guys. We got, we got Hasia yeah. against David Alcady. Hasia coming off a huge nine to one victory over Gerson. I don't think anybody saw yeah. that score line coming. Oh, he's, no, he's uh, a, the guy, a, the guy who picked Hasia in the draft sure did. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, <laughs> I wanted him so bad at yeah. the end of that draft, I snoozed it. Yeah, but, uh, and obviously, yeah, no, he's, you know he's a really solid do. player. He's a really solid player, and David's a guy who's you know he's fighting for that Moscone spot too. Yeah, I'm picking David here. Yeah. Well, I learned my lesson a long time ago um, picking against David in big spots and when it's time to grind. Um, you know, Hasia is is a very strong Taiwanese player, but I, I like David here. I do. You know, David, it, he looks like he's in a great headspace. We know how he can do on a matchroom stage. It's like all the, all the boxes check off to David winning this matchup for me. All right, moving on down, we have Niels Fyan against Darren one. Appleton. Talk about yeah. a matchup of classic European players. Yeah, old school here. Well, but guys that are fighting to stay relevant. I mean, I think Niels has a lot more realistic chance to make some waves, but Darren, like, it blew me away just him beating uh, Gutenberger, who's yeah. a great Austrian young player, um, and just kind of getting back in form. Like, it's, it's an inspiration what Darren's doing, but Niels is here to handle business, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, I think Niels is, Niels is a type of guy that, you know, for Darren's comeback trail and, you know, mental wellness, things like that, not the perfect guy to play. No. no. <laughs> not the guy you want to see in yeah. front of you. It'll be a great match. I'll be watching. It should be great. Yeah, we got Oliver Zolnaki against Chris Melling. Uh, qualification match. Mm. What do you got, Mike? I got Chris. Um, really? You know, yeah, I just, you know. You're, Chris, you're taking all my picks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Oliver I mean, in this one. Well, you know, I like Oliver, and he's a really good player, but who doesn't like watch Chris Melling play in a tournament? Yep. So, agreed. you know, I, I don't want to see Oh, when him. you're looking at just style of play between Oliver yeah. and Chris, I mean, it, you couldn't get more opposite. Yeah, completely yeah. opposite, and and I, I tend to favor the guys who are more enjoyable to watch, and yeah. like Chris it, is like, you know – He's just he's just fun to laugh. If you look at who's had better form lately, obviously it's Oliver because he's played more events yeah. in in nine ball. So, but yeah, I'm I'm rooting for Chris. But these bit. are these events. Chris is always dangerous to a certain point of the event to yeah. that last thirty two, something like that for sure. 
still yes. dangerous. All right, we're getting down towards the bottom, guys. Jeffrey DeLuna and Aloysius Schiap. Well, I know who I'm rooting for. What do you got, Mike? Aloysius. I'm rooting for Yap too. And, and, <laughs> and you know, Jeff, you know, to, to be fair to Jeff, he did look um, solid in his last matchup. I got to watch a little bit of it. Uh, How's he breaking the balls, Mike? Daniel. Is he hitting them hard? Is he – because, like, you know, DeLuna's one of those that you see the pictures of him elevated in the air on the break shot. Or yeah. is he hitting it more controlled? What? How's he doing it with the uh, break? It's, it's, it's more finesse, you know, and that's the way you got to hit this break. But, like, it's – it's um. It's finesse, but you still got to catch it, you know, pretty full to come back into the pack. Um, you know, Yap is showing uh, better form, obviously, coming off of a final out there in Michigan. But, you know, it's I can't help but root for Yap, you know. Well, Yap was runner-up in this event the year Carlo won it, right? Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going Yap. And Yap had a good tournament in Michigan. Yeah. <clears throat> Shane Van Boning, uh, 9290 victories into round three against Marco Tucher. Can Mark pull off the upset? That's the question. No. Joey? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there you have Thanks it. For the insight, Mike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, guys, I try, we, keep, we, I try to keep my secrets a little under wraps. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. We went through the winner's qualification. Wait, hold on round. a second. Marco, Marco's going to make it interesting. Mark my words. Marco's going to make it a lot more interesting a match than what it's supposed to be. You Shane's think so? Gonna, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you guys, what do you think about running through the other side? Do you just want to let's kind of take a, let's take a quick look at some matches that we think are interesting? Okay. okay. Yeah, not browse through every one of them because we've already gone on for like an hour. You have them up there, right? Uh, well, there's matches winners. already starting up right now. Yeah, losers, I think, have already started, right? Yeah, losers, losers already started. Let's see. I'm going up to the top uh, of the bracket over here. So you've got, uh, see, I'm looking to see if there's any matches that do anything for me. Um, uh, you got to pull Paul Song. No, yeah, but no. you know, Marcion. Sam Henderson, Loso Hum. Yeah, that's Ooh, a Eric one. Roberts up two to two one two. on Gerson right now. Yeah, fan of Eric's for sure. Quacks, yeah. uh, Huang's trying to come through the one loss side. Everyone liked him coming into the event. Uh, yeah, not a lot. Sam Henderson is Sam Henderson is uh, two to two with Loho Sum right now. He's yeah. won two matches now on the loser side. Payne McBride, Batteratawali. Little uh, Co still fighting. He's that, that's a pretty big matchup because a lot of guys liked him coming into the event as well. And Earl's playing at eleven thirty. Earl, there you go. That's a big so, one. Yeah. Gang plot. Yeah, awesome. not a lot of really juicy matchups on that loser side yet. Uh, It'll later today them. when it gets into these thirty-two that lose from up, to, um, when they get into that last round of the winners' qualification, then it's going to get pretty interesting. Without a doubt. Yeah, Alexa and Babkin are playing right now. One-zero Babkin. That's a pretty good matchup. So, yeah. Well, guys, this has been fun. We've had a bunch of people in here checking it out, but the matches have started. They're now streaming, so make sure you go check it out. Uh, where, what's I, I've been watching on The Zone, but uh, are they streaming Matchroom, at the second table? Matchroom yeah. Multisport on YouTube. You guys can check it out, or Matchroom Live as well. So Live I on. think um, we're going to try to do something with Emily later. I know Mike's going to do with her this soon. I'd like to go live maybe after the winter side matchups to kind of talk about who went through. So if you guys are available to do something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah here all day. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, make sure you check out our Patreon. We're putting up exclusive content on there pretty regularly. Uh, it's patreon.com slash dogging it. So thanks again for tuning in guys and we'll catch you 